Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello! Oh, oh no, my God, no! no. <laughs> I didn't know you were <laughs> It's okay. I should have said ready. Oh, well. <laughs> Hello, halflings! It's me, Jeremy Cobb. But, and I just realized I don't have the nickname sheet up. Now it's up. (laughs) But Ellen Rose calls me, huh? (laughs) That's a good one, Ellen. Very good job. Very good job. (laughs) And I am joined today by... Hi, it's um, my name's Olivia, but you can call me Liv. Wait, I'm Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Liv. It's been a while, <laughs> and also if you think about it, it's really difficult because like Jeremy just did the introduction, so I'm I'm all over the shop, you know. So I have an excuse this time. Olivia Kennedy, you can call me Liv. Thank you. <laughs> that you have given yourself. Yes, exactly. Uh, we will <laughs> allow you to bestow the excuse. Thank but you. it's not just you and me, Liv. No, it's, it's not. not just us it's not doing our best to, to hold things together. Yeah. We are joined. For this episode, Ooh. by Ooh. two wonderful individuals, two. we have the co-designer of the Kids on Bikes line of games, Home, and Calls to Action, Doug Lewandowski. And before the crowd goes too wild, we also have the co-designer of Kids on Bikes, the Kids on Bikes series, rather, Dead of Winter and Dinosaur Island, Jonathan Gilmore Long. Oh my God! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> Let's make them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. I don't know what... Uh, we have a live feed uh, into Halfway Stadium right now. <laughs> Folks are going absolutely wild. Oh. I see people filming at the mouth. Yeah, Folks have like, torn off their shirts. They're going kind of feral, word, They have a full group tattoo of both of your faces. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's uh, wild. The, the, the like like a collage. Like a, yeah, like a little... <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. It might, it's it, a tattoo mosaic. Mm. Yeah, that's the one. That's what I was going for. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. Mm. I, I don't know what I would do without you. But, uh, I'm, but yeah. I'm crying. It's so beautiful. <laughs> It's so true. We can see Doug it's right now. It's a common response. It's a common yeah. response to coming on the show. <laughs> Welcome both. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Exciting. folks. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much. We we are very excited to have you here. We have actually uh played Kids on Bikes on the show before. Uh mm-hmm. for any of the for any listeners out there who've been with us for a little while, you may have heard our Big Trouble in Little Manus series that came yes. out, I think, earlier this year, as of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, yeah, we're hyped. So we're gonna kick things off by asking you both for your nerd origin stories. Mm-hmm. How did you enter this life of ours? So I, you know, I grew up playing some older board games stuff like hero quest and uh you know things like that and i got into magic the gathering through uh scouts yes and um you know started playing a lot of magic i bought all the second edition D books when they came out 
Um, but I was one of those nerds that didn't have a group. So I just spent mm-hmm. my all my high school years reading RPGs and, and designing them, but not ever playing them because rule books are horrible uh, for the most part. <laughs> so true. Um, you know, so then, you know, I graduated high school, um, you know, grew up, got rid of my magic cards, regretted it. And then, um, you know, probably, probably 15 or 20 years ago, um, I started getting back into modern board games. I just felt like, you know, as a family, we were watching too much TV and not spending time together. Um, so yeah, so I just dove into modern board gaming and then, um, I was working in industrial robotics, so I was, you know, doing programming, and I felt really creatively stifled, so I was like, well, I'm going to make a video game uh, and use my programming knowledge to do that, and I spent, like, three months doing that, and I was like, this is way too hard. Uh, I'll just make a board (laughs) game instead, so then that took me down that path, and I I started doing it, you know, just as a a fun expression uh, and do something creative, but then, you know, I, I lucked into making it my career, so I was very... Very lucky to stumble into that. I was going to ask what what your favorite board games, modern board games were, because I'm... Oh, I mean, it, it changes all the time. Some of my perfect tens are uh, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nations, uh, The Mind. I love The Mind oh, so Oh, The Mind much. is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It changes from time to time, but those are some of my tens. How about yeah. you? What's your favorite? Oh, I mean, I love a bit of Betrayal. Uh, the second edition mm-hmm. came out uh, very recently. It, like, I think it was one of the, it was like my gateway drug of, of, of board gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being like, oh, wow, board games can be really good, actually. And it's not just like Monopoly and stuff. <laughs> Even though Monopoly yeah. has its time, you know, you know, yeah. you can play Monopoly if you want to. But um, yeah, love that. I've got, I'm, I'm going to look over at my, my shelf of board games. Decorum is a good one. It's, co- it's oh, like. Oh, I love Decorum. Oh, good. No, amazing. I love Decorum. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's so it's, much it's a- fun. Two-player game about passive-aggressively decorating your house. Yeah. It's oh, really man, fun that would be perfect can't... for me and the wife. <laughs> yeah, and you don't, you don't know what the other person wants, mm-hmm. so you're, like, trying to communicate it without saying it by, like, you're like, I'll paint the bathroom blue, and then they'll be like, oh, I'm going to paint it yellow. Yeah, and then you, can, you can't say anything. All you, have, you can just be like, I hate that, or I love that, and it's just really, that's all you get to say. It's a really fun one. Um, but, yeah, like, I uh, highly recommend checking out any of the of the games that we just mentioned but yeah and also you've made your own game as well your own board game uh yeah i've I've designed a bunch dead of winter is a really big dinosaur island those have both done really well so i'm I'm mostly designed board games uh in uh, kids on bikes was my first rpg official design amazing i mean i've got a like mm. you know, fangirl over Dead of Winter for white one second. It's like one of my one of my all time faves. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's, it's so real good. good. <laughs> it's real good. The the crossroad cards, oh, mm-hmm. just wonderful stuff. All right, <laughs> now I'm going to stop fangirling. <laughs> well, I really, I also wanted to ask. Now, I wanted to ask before we jump to Doug with his nerdy origin story. I wanted to ask uh, Jonathan what, um, what would you say is the difference between like the biggest difference that you have found between designing a board game versus mm. designing a uh, TTRPG? Oh, good question. You know, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, I'd love to hear Dud's thought on it too, because we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, for me, experientially, they're almost exactly the same. The biggest, because when I, you know, when we did Dead of Winter, I took a lot of inspiration from my love of RPGs and, mm-hmm. you know, tried to put, you know, a lot of, you know, role-playing opportunities in it. And yeah. and even being inspired by things like Minecraft, I was amazed by how good of a job it does of giving you a skeleton to hang a story on without, mm-hmm. like, giving you the whole story. Um, 
So I think those changes are, are pretty small. The biggest one is that board gamers want an objective. They have to have a way to win the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas with RPGs, the players know that the winning the game is telling a fun story and nothing else mm. matters besides that. So like when, I, when I've looked at doing more hybrid things, a lot of times this, the struggle is trying to convince players to, to have fun without being like, you need 25 points. Yeah. That, okay, so it's essentially the difference between, uh, I guess, yeah, the difference between like quest based, like you have to, it's objective based hmm. versus story based. Hmm. Um, yeah, player motivation guess, is mostly mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the idea is that the motivation even if like there's a scenario that the the players could win mm-hmm. in a in a TTRPG that would be like supplied by the GM and the players together mm-hmm. yeah. that they like a story that they, yeah, okay, that it's, makes perfect it's sense. It's such okay. a it's such a gross definition of what a game is. Like what modern board games are uh like you can't put anything on the BGG that doesn't have a scoring system. Like, they won't even let you list a game because they don't consider it a game. But I was like, by wow. that definition, like, uh, Dungeons & Dragons isn't a game. And it <laughs> says role-playing game in the title. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can't I'm... tell me that it's not. This is the part where I start yelling about Wittgenstein and family resemblances and then stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> yell a little bit. Let us yell a little bit. Let us know. What do, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, so uh, this is one of the first things I do uh, with – I teach a, I teach mainly in high school. That's my day job. Uh, okay. And – I was lucky enough to get approved and get enough kids to sign up for a game design class to be able to run it. Um, and one of the first things we do is sort of dispense with the definition of a game thing, right? Mm. Like uh, mm. with the, the philosophy of, of Wittgenstein where he talks about, and it's specifically about games. Um, his argument is that all definitions aren't really a, there are neither necessary nor sufficient conditions to be defined as something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's just what he calls family resemblances, right? Like, there's most games have a score, most mm-hmm. games have an ending condition, most games have a certain number of a uh, certain number of players, most games have uh, an in-game state and an out-of-game state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm but we could find an exception for every single one of those rules. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe not the player one, but like how helpful is that? Games have players. Great. Wow. Um, (laughs) Well, the game, which all of you just lost, is absolutely an example of a game that has no exit. (laughs) (laughs) You're always playing the game. Right. We're going to get so many complaints, Jeremy. I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? (laughs) I bet our editor may actually edit that out. I hope hope he does. So, Um, yeah. So that's my, that's my mini rant on, uh, Oh, I would actually love to like yeah. be sat in on that class, honestly. But um, but you know, yeah. Dad, can you also tell us your nerdy origin story? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I grew up. Uh, I lived not remotely, remotely, but uh, I think my nearest neighbor was like a half mile away. Um, and so I spent a lot of time either by myself or with my younger brother, um, and we played a lot of classic games. We we played chess until he started being able to beat me and I refused to be <laughs> Don't play anymore, by actually. a six year old like at the age of nine. Um, <laughs> or, uh, we played a lot of cards, a lot of rummy, um, mm. a lot of uh, other board games, um, upwards. I don't know if, 
if that's one everybody's familiar with. It's no, I haven't it, played that one. It's no. sort of like Scrabble, but you can stack stuff up, and the higher the stack is, the more oh, points you get. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very so good like design. a fun dexterity game mixed with a word game. Well, just uh, so the the tiles stay stacked really well. They have little grooves okay. to keep them on. But like, if you put down the word rave, I can mm. and you would score you know, uh, four points for that because it's four letters long. Mm -hmm. I can come along and slap an O on the A and now it's Rove and I get five points for it. Oh, okay. um, oh. So you're trying to put down words that can't be turned into other stuff while building off of. Uh, mm. it, it's really simple, really smart. Um, mm. And, you know, games like that, like Mass Market, uh, Scategories was another one we played a bunch yeah. as a family. Um, and then in... Uh, Boy Scouts didn't get me into magic, but it did get me into D&D &D when uh. one of the guys in Scouts was like, y'all ever play D&D? &D? And we were like, no, Andrew, what is it? He was like, you're going to love it. Um, did he like open up a trench coat like and has like jacket, the, the like, player's <laughs> handbook? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, like, I don't know if you've read the, the comic book uh, series Die, but like when he presents the dice uh, to the players and it's like, oh. yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. that. It was like, you have to go buy dice that don't have six sides. We're like, what the hell is that? <gasps> <clears throat> this is um, like, it turns out Boy Scouts are absolutely a gateway drug. Absolutely yeah. pushers. Yeah. Absolutely pushers. So I went yeah. out and I bought this set of dice that I still have right here. Um, oh, that's so cool. And, uh, and we started playing D and D and, uh, that lasted a good way into high school. And then, uh, you know, high school is just what it is in terms of the amount of time you have to do stuff and then mm -hmm. kind of fell out of it. And then, uh, looking for some escapism at, uh, like a quarter life crisis kind of fell back into it. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. And, uh, got into magic, uh, for a little bit in high school and then got back into that. Um, and I would say sort of like John about 15, 10 years ago or so got into modern board games, um, Catan and pandemic, I think were like my two gateways into that. Um, and Catan was also sort of my gateway into designing. Um, my, my brother-in-law was living with us for a little while and every night we would play a game of Catan. Um, hmm. and when he left, my wife and I were like, well, can we play it with two? And we tried and you can't. Uh, and I was like, but I'm arrogant enough to think I can fix this. Um, <laughs> and we tried for a couple weeks and it never quite took, but the idea of like playing with things. And I was like, what if I, if we totally change this and this and that? Okay. Um, and then a friend of mine of and I. it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a friend of mine and I started working on a game that we eventually took to Kickstarter and then eventually took to Kickstarter again, uh, successfully <laughs> the second time. And, <laughs> and that's sort of, that's how it all got going. Nice. Uh, what was oh. the game? If you don't mind well, me asking. Yeah. Uh, it was called Gothic doctor. It was, a, a game about treating monsters out of Victorian literature who've decided they don't want to be monsters anymore. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so like, you know, pulling a fang extraction is one of the treatments. Uh, and it's, yeah, that's funny. It's got a sort of rummy thing to it where they have certain treatments you need. You play those from your hand, you take them, you get the points for them and, um, and that. So 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Is there like a list of monsters in the in the game itself, or is it basically do the players come up with it? It's so there's a set of cards that come out, and they uh, based on what's in the waiting room, you can treat. You know, if, if you have the cards to treat Dracula, but he hasn't shown up yet, sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. Learned a lot on that project. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. I I, re- I wanted to ask as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Die the comic? Because I've never heard of it. I don't think. Well, oh, it's man. now an RPG, right? It is. Um, yeah. It's an RPG. It, oh, man. It is It is an RPG that I would stab somebody to get to write for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, the concept is, I, I heard a bunch of stuff about it, and um, it was a, another designer, Sen Fung Lim, who finally convinced me to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, you, you don't need to know anything about it. Trust me, get the first trade. And I was like, all right, fine. So the first issue is a bunch of kids get sucked into a, an RPG. And I was like, okay, great. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and then they, and then they come back and one of them isn't there anymore, but they won't talk about it. And I was like, Ooh, mystery. I bet that gets resolved. Uh, skepticism. Yeah. Luckily skepticism. I bought the trade because <laughs> then I was like, well, I've got the next four issues to read and read the second issue and was like, Oh, <laughs> oh, that's Ooh. something very different. Ooh. Uh, oh. And uh yeah, and then it does something in the high single digits that I, I won't spoil, but absolutely blew me away with Gillian's uh focus on yeah. the source material uh and all that stuff. There there was a small detail that he put in there where I I was like, oh that's funny. That's sort of like this other thing. Um that's definitely a coincidence because, man, that is a deep cut. Uh, and only English teachers know about that shit. Uh, sorry, <laughs> language on the podcast? I, oh, no, you're oh, fine. Oh, yeah, okay. you can cut yeah. um, as much as you want. Okay. Um, and then, like, three issues later or two issues later, boom, I was like, oh. Oh. Uh, and then I was fully committed. Uh, it's a 20-issue run. It mm-hmm. is self-contained. It's a phenomenal. It's it's so good. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that and something is killing the children are just like two of the just just dynamite modern comic books that just so so great, so great. I yeah, wish you could see like I've heard of something amazing. is killing the children. Yeah, oh, oh it's oh. so good. I They're making a yeah, Amazon or Netflix series. I don't remember which one. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Very Flanagan cool. was attached to it for a while, right? But then who would no. who would kill it? Oh my god, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. if it's like horror themed, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, strong recommendation on on both of those. Um, yeah, I managed to. I, I got to play uh, the RPG like a one shot with uh, Kieran Gillen and um, Grant Howitt. I, I know, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> were they nice? God. Were they yeah. both nice? Oh, lovely, lovely okay. people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, and like, especially live on to... air, just like now nah, they're jerks. No, <laughs> I imagine oh, what no. jerks? Lovely <laughs> people, very lovely, and it was a, a joy to like um, work with them. But yeah, no, you can like especially having that experience of like um, Kieran himself, like like GMing for us was was wild, and I'll mm-hmm. definitely hold on to that <laughs> for, yeah. for a long while. Yeah, yeah, very good stuff. So, how did the pair of you meet and start working together? In the first place, I so think we, the first time we met was was it Metatopia? Probably, yeah, yeah. I think Metatopia, which is a playtesting convention here in the states, uh-huh. um, uh-huh. it's a great convention. Great and, convention. You know, met lots of people, and I think Doug and I just kind of hung out for the first time there, and then mm-hmm. you know would chat online all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did that lead toward to working together? So I, so when Stranger Things came out, I got like three episodes in and posted, uh, posted on Facebook, like, all right, who wants to design a Stranger Things RPG with me? <laughs> you um, said board game first. Oh, no, I actually, it came up in memories. Oh, yeah, we've oh, been getting yeah, this wrong right, for, right. for years. We've been, uh, we've been I was lying like, to people. Oh, no, memory is fallible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so John said, well, I'm, I'm working on a board game. Uh, and I said, oh, cool. Can I get in on that? And he was like, uh, no. Um, but yeah, let's work on that. It just hit me that I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> not, not quite that harshly. It's, it's um, he was like, well, I'm, I'm already working on it with somebody else. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're at this stage of it. Uh, fair, fair. I was like, oh, yeah, totally fair. Cool. He was like, but yeah, let's work on that RPG. Um, so we started kicking around ideas. We threw most of them out. Um, I think we had like a draft, a full draft of the rules that we were just like, and we'll keep this paragraph. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just kind of went from there. And then eventually, uh, it, it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to be attached to the property. Um, mm-hmm. and then that freed us up, I think, to do more stuff where, and, and cause we were also kind of starting to think like, well, we want this to be more than just, well, here are your four characters, right? There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like all that stuff we grew up on or all of, you know, the, the sort of look back retro media like super eight or um, or goonies or et or Mm -hmm. you know any of that stuff where the kids are the heroes and the adults are well-meaning but either in their way or but kind of hapless yeah right right yeah um yeah so so it sort of pivoted from being like Stranger Things, the TTRPG, to more like Amblin, the TTRPG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can That's imagine fair. that like getting the rights for Stranger Things would have been a, an issue, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it was wild at the time. Like I was in talks with a company for the board game already. And when they uh-huh. went to Netflix, they're like, the the weird thing was, was Netflix had a <laughs> licensing department to get licenses but they had no idea how to sign license deals with anybody else. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like when we approached them, they were like, we have, we don't know. Why would anybody want to make stuff based on our stuff? And, and they, they wanted like an, an insane percentage at the time. Like, I think yeah. like they wanted like 50% of the profits or yeah, maybe even higher. It was yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm glad you went your own way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of stuff did you, uh, like, prioritize when building the system, in ter- like, from a mechanical standpoint? Like, to, to clarify further, if you say, like, Dungeons & Dragons, for example, could be considered a game about getting more powerful and saving the world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and that's, so there's an emphasis on, you know, gaining more abilities that you can then use to fight stronger and stronger monsters. Mm-hmm. And there's a very big emphasis on, like, the combat elements and the power fantasy of it. Mm-hmm. What uh, what would you say were, what like, what were you, what kind of game were you trying to create with Kids on Bikes? At first, and this is something we eventually pivoted away from, we were really thinking about designing a game about the sort of, push and pull between things. Um, So we have the six stats and each one of them has sort of a complementary opposite, right? Brains and brawn, fight and flight, Mm -hmm. charm and grit. Mm -hmm. And initially um, the, the polyhedral die thing was something that came in really early, 
but initially it was if your D20 is in brains, your D4 is in brawn. Okay. Oh. Um, and, and there was a, a bunch of other stuff mechanically about like the push, the pull, right? Like, and that's sort of where adversity tokens came from as well, right? You fail, but then this good thing happens. Yeah, um, fail up. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there was other stuff that we sort of pulled out um, and, and stripped away because once we moved away from, we want this to be a push-pull game, um, it, you know, a lot of it just didn't make sense anymore. Like the, yeah, you have, you know, this in brains, so you have that in brawn. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's not how people are, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah, are sure. no smart, strong people. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more muscular you get, the dumber you become. Yes, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. automatically. As, right. as smart, weak guys, we felt it was really clever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Dolph Lundgren showed up and was like, um, God damn it. <laughs> he ruins everything. I have a PhD. We're like, yeah, all right, sorry, Dolph. Um, I mean, there there were, there were some other really strong driving directions too, I think. Um, I, you know, we discussed a lot about what a big problem onboarding on RPGs was. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, Dungeons and Dragons second edition is a 300 page rule book that doesn't teach you how to play the game at all. Like it tells you a bunch of rules, but that's why I never played as a teenager is because I just didn't understand yeah. what it was like to play a role-playing game. And until I played, like, Apocalypse World or you know, Dungeon World and got to see, like, oh, like, I don't have to know every detail of the city. And, you know, it's okay to just answer questions on the fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was the thing that kept me back from DMing, too, is the amount of prep it took. So, like, we wanted we wanted story-forward, low-prep or no-prep GMing. Mm-hmm. Um, we really wanted it to be, like, fail-forward all the time, like Doug mentioned, with mm-hmm. university tokens. Um, you know, we wanted there to be states, but not like super high states. And we, we talked about, uh, you know, a lot like how leveling systems don't make sense. Like mm. in, in, in overall in, in video games and in RPGs, like the more you level up, the stronger everything else gets. And like, mm-hmm. it really hit me again recently playing Diablo four as like, Oh, I, it's taken me the exact same number of hits to kill these monsters as it did at level one. I'm just pushing four times as many buttons to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, this is dumb. Like, so we, you know, we, we didn't really want like a lot of player progression because we're like, and also like kids change from year to year, but it's not like they're, you know, becoming exponentially bigger. Like we want to pretend in a lot of RPGs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not like all turning into the Hulk yeah. uh, over time. Oh, that didn't happen to you? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Liv is an wild. absolute paragon. <laughs> uh, by the time she graduated, uh, yeah, could fly. Probably a diploma like oh, nice D- D20s and everything. D20s yeah. and all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so powerful. Uh, and, and also, I think one of the other things was, and John was big on this, um, bringing in some of the like the board game design stuff into the RPG. Right. Mm. Um, and that's where like the strengths uh, rose out of. Right. So the the tension between holding on to my adversity tokens to bump a roll up versus holding on to my adversity tokens to use my lucky strength or to ask yeah. the GM a question. Um, yeah, we felt like skills like when you, you know, like if you have swimming, you're like, oh, I get plus two when I swim. That's not exciting. We're like, let's just make all the skills mechanical and have them do fun, cool things. Right. Yeah, Mm. for sure. Um, That might be a good point because uh, Doug, I think we were going to ask you how you found uh, like making board games versus um, RPGs. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, to me, the main difference is that I think I'm good at making role-playing games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> You're um, very good at making role-playing games. Thank you, thank you. Um, I agree with everything John said. And I also think in board games, balance is a thing that you you have to, there has to be the perception of balance at all stages of play, right? So mm-hmm. an, an absolute brand new player has to see this game as totally balanced as does someone who has a complex understanding of the skill and the strategy of it. Sure, because yeah. otherwise, if you don't have that at the beginning, people play it one time and they go, oh, well, then you always just do this. This game is mm. stupid, even if they're wrong, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, or if there's a, a one dominant strategy that emerges over time, players say, well, okay, now that I've played it three times, I've mastered this game. Yeah. There's, so it's whoever gets the, the first railroad station they win right um whereas with role-playing games it's not that balance doesn't matter right if uh if my character can shoot lightning bolts uh, at a thought and your character stubs their toe a bunch right like it takes very specific players to want to play that there might be Mm -hmm. right um but the the need for one-to-one balance since we're not competing with each Mm -hmm. other isn't as essential. If I feel useless, that's a problem, right? But, mm-hmm. um, and that's sort of where we came from with the rules for the powered character, where there's the shared control of that character because if somebody's playing, uh, if somebody's playing 11, everybody wants that, right? Yeah. Um, right. I, yeah, yeah. I want to be the character with powers and then, okay, let's play like the X Men RPG then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or kids in capes. But, We'll get to that later. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think in role-playing games, there's more wiggle room in terms of things being not polished as smooth. And I think Mm -hmm. those places where there are not rough edges, but edges, right? Um, I think those are the places where people lean into different things or get interested in stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Players are are willing to overlook a lot more cracks in an RPG, whereas with a, a board game, if there's anything not in the rule book there they freeze up instantly mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. what do i do now uh, yeah no i yeah. think i think also players with rpgs they want to be part of that process of like making the game mm-hmm. what it is so like you want that kind of wiggle room and that's it's always a good idea to have but yeah right. with board games it's like i want to know exactly what i'm doing and be able to just go by the book yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. yeah i think because there's a winner and a loser you need right. to be able to adjudicate all of those edge cases right mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's basically like a sport. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. sports, obviously, sometimes people will say that sports are not games, but like they, they they're are, badly they designed are. games. Yeah. They're we need to modernize <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, to be honest, uh, you yeah, there's an interesting thing. Like, I, I'm not a huge sports fan, but I've been watching um, I watch videos about basketball. And there's a very mm-hmm. interesting thing where basketball over the past, like less than 10 years, like the past six or seven years has become overly centralized around the three point shot. Mm. Someone basically they solved basketball Um, (laughs) and it's due to a series of like, there were some rule changes to try and allow for more scoring and stuff. But people were like, Oh, wait a minute. Three points is better than two and missing (laughs) even a high percentage of shots is okay. As long as you're still getting three pointers over and over. And so now the, the way the NBA plays has completely shifted Mm -hmm. and everybody has to have a three point shot uh and so you have much higher scoring games uh but also like 
less if you look at like current NBA versus 90s NBA, it's a lot more physical in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels more like you're getting to see more of the athleticism on display mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of fans who are like, it feels like the game has gotten like a lot of people don't like the way the game has developed. Mm-hmm. But as it, as the rules currently stand, the way that they play the game is seemingly the most effective way to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And so it's it's I think whenever you have, like you said, Doug, whenever you have a clear strategy that is the be- the overriding best one, then it can feel like you've solved the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a bit there's a billion different ways to play basketball. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, right. Whereas with an RPG, like one of the running jokes in uh, in the the campaign that I'm in at home is like someone will do something really cool or get something they've been after, and my friend Ben who GMs will say, "Well, congratulations, you won D and D." What everyone wants to hear, obviously. right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the the biggest biggest difference to me with John articulated really well the the winner yeah. loser versus mm-hmm. we all win if we tell a really good story together yeah we're all absolutely winners. yeah That's such a nice John message. I also <laughs> I wanted to jump back to a point that you made earlier because this is a point I've heard people make before but I've I rarely see it demonstrated and I was hoping you could give us an example you mentioned that in your experience a lot of uh, TTRPG playbooks don't really teach you how to play the game. Can you give an example of what you would like to see in a, mm. in a hypothetical playbook that would explain specifically, even in D&D, for example, like what, if you're going to say, oh, this is how you play D&D in a book. Can you give us like a quick example of that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I'll toot our horns here um, because I, I think that we did some interesting things. Um, but what we really want to do was kind of hide that we were teaching people how to role play. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really subtle stuff that came out during the design and playtesting process. Like just the process of the, the session zero in building the town. When you're asking the players questions as their character, yeah, you're not explicitly telling them to adopt the character, <laughs> but you're addressing them as their character and you're getting them used to speaking in that character's voice. Mm-hmm. So even little things like that, like... They, the other games don't do that. Like they, I mean, some games, more modern games do for sure. Um, you know, but like Dungeons and Dragons, they're like, here's how you fight. Here's how you roll skill checks. Mm-hmm. Go at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we wanted more leading stuff like that to like, without outright saying, this is how you role play, you know, give them some examples and let them start mm-hmm. stepping into those shoes. Yeah. Because I have actually seen like se- sections in rule books, like this is how you role play. And it's, and it feels very on the nose. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the, your way of doing things is, is nice. It's like, Oh, I'm tricking them into role playing, <laughs> but not, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I think sections like that are good as long as they're like really clearly delineated. Right. If it's, how do you role play? I know how to role play, skip to chapter three. Right. Shit. Um, and I think we, I think in second edition, um, we went even further with that. Um, and it, in talking about the ways to collaborate at the table, right. And, uh, establish and maintain consent at the table. That's how you tell a great story, right? Like, Hey, I'd like, uh, Jeremy, I would like to put both of our characters in mortal peril right now. Is that okay? No, man, I just made this character. Okay. John, you want to get on this mortal peril thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put me in. Don't worry right. if I do. Um, and so 
things that I think in the past have been called safety tools, right, mm-hmm. are really just the way that I make sure this is the story that both of us want to tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Kate Bullock wrote uh, amazing, uh, did amazing writing, amazing work um, on that section. Um, it, re- it really helped us like mechanize every piece of it and integrate mm-hmm. it with the game. You know, things like, you know, we have, we have like pumping the brakes and we, you know, we, mm-hmm. we did thematic things with all of it where, you know, we took, you know, she helped take those uh, safety tools and like really, you know, build them into the system. Just mm-hmm. like the, the way you just explained uh, safety tools is mm-hmm. I think beautiful because mm-hmm. we actually just had this conversation in a recent episode about just how like, how much of the backlash just feels nonsensical. Like mm-hmm. it feels like they genuinely missed it, wh- whatever their introduction to safety tools was. feels like they missed the point entirely <laughs> yeah. that it's literally just making sure everybody wants to play the game right. the way that you're playing it. Yeah. Right. That's well, all it is. Yeah. I think I, and uh, you know, I don't want to uh, abstract it too much, but I think the majority of people like that are the GMs and not the players. And okay. they're probably GMs that get very upset when the players don't just tell the story that they want to tell. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I think those people should just go write books. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It's collaborative storytelling. It's it's not just you tell people to do. And it's right. funny because when I was first GMing, that's that was my impression of mm-hmm. what GMing was. It exactly. was just like me too. Yeah, like you just you're setting people on this track, and if they deviate, then you're just like you just immediately panic. But yeah, it's it like it's good to you know, come at it initially and be like, hey, don't feel that way, you know, work with your players. Like, right. yeah, I, I feel like you probably, that came across well with Kids on Bikes, I feel like. Yeah, and like even things like we when we talked about doing the Kickstarter, because originally Doug and I were just going to Kickstarter ourselves, and then we, mm-hmm. you know, met uh, Ivan. But when we we're talking about the Kickstarter and having people come in and write things, we're like, we don't want them to write adventures, because I don't, I don't find adventures fun to run because it's railroady right we're like yeah let's do modules where people give like this setting and some monsters and some rumors and like give them let them build a world but then let the players just play it This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I remember reading through the rules for kids on bikes and thinking that at the end of it, I had a much better idea of how to specifically play the game because there are there are very clearly delineated. This is what you do for this. This is what you do for that. But again, not in a way that feels like it's trying to explain how to play a role playing game in general. Like, I think, uh, essentially, I think you did a very good job of explaining the Thanks. rules of the game and how to play the game and also the mindset of playing the game, mm-hmm. like the an ethos. I felt like the game had a personality that it was very mm-hmm. clearly explaining to me. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is what this game is about by the end of it. Like, uh, so I think that, I think you accomplished that. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm also curious. So you've adapted uh, the kids on bikes system into a whole line of juveniles on modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what... Uh, I guess what was the inspiration for like starting to do that, and mm-hmm. uh, what have been some of the changes that you've made? Because I noticed like, the first one I actually ever played was Teens in Space, mm-hmm. uh, and I was surprised because I'd heard of kids on bikes and I'd heard of kids on brooms. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Why are they suddenly teenagers?" Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> That's our biggest regret about that system: yeah. is calling it Teens in, teens space. in space. Yeah, um, it should it should have still been kids. Kids, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The the initial thought on that was were. We want uh, a lot of the the stuff around teens in space. You know, one of the driving concepts there is poor impulse control, right? Like, how do okay. space adventures happen? Mm-hmm. People being dumbasses, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> like, who better than teenagers to <laughs> rush in, guns blazing, or like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll defuse the core of that. Death Star, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put me as in, coach. Impresses my crush. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> my character was literally the most guns blazing guy <laughs> <laughs> to the point where the rest. Perfect. I was the captain, and the rest of the crew started planning a mutiny because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was too much of a loose cannon. It was great. Good for but them. That one started. I was walking over. I actually have the note still uh, magneted up to my fridge. Um, mm-hmm. I was walking to a con where both John and I were going to be, and I knew he was going to be in a running a playtesting a game when I got there. So I have written on there, "Hey, had an idea for an uh, for an in depth module, kids in space," mm-hmm. and handed it to him. We agreed, and um, and so yeah, so that's how we got started there. And uh, then we were talking as we were wrapping that up. Uh, wrapping up the design on that we were on a call with hunters and renegade and scott said you know i've looked it over i i really like where this is going i i love you know it's a it's evocative it's getting to the stuff you know star wars and all that stuff that 
I loved as a kid. And I was like, yeah, me too. Mm. Like space opera was my thing when I was younger. Um, he was like, and it's just so cool. Like, like you can just sort of come up with the title. And then I think from there, Mm -hmm. the modifications become kind of clear, you know, like, have you decided what you're going to do next? We're like, well, you know, we kicked around, like we kicked around a couple ideas. He's like, yeah, but like, I found myself just like sitting there brainstorming titles and being like, Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like kids in mechs or kids on brooms. And we were like, yeah, kids on brooms is our next one. He was like, Oh, you guys thought of that already? We're like, no, like but kids on brooms is our <laughs> next one now. <laughs> um, and then oddly enough in parallel, Spencer Stark had designed, uh, an in-depth module to shift mm-hmm. to a, a magical school. Um, ah. and we just synced up and like, God, what a dream he is to work with. And, mm-hmm. and hang out with and look at. He's just dreamy in general. Um, <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And a lot of times okay. it starts with a conversation of like one of us being like, oh, I want to do this. Like Dud want to do teams in space. Mm-hmm. Um, with kids in tapes, I was like, I want to do a superhero <laughs> one. And Dud was like, no. Like why? Masks exist. You can play kids and teens in that. We don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, you're probably right. And I just shelved it. And then I watched uh, Star Girl on, uh, I, I don't remember what station it's on. CW. It's, yeah, it's on HBO or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Doug, just watch like the first half a season of Star Girl and, you know, think about it. And he watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, it's kids in a small town being superheroes. Like right. nobody's doing that. Yeah, and I was like, that's exactly the vibe that I think we can do. Right. And, yeah, and all like three episodes in, I sent him a text that was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. And it's that, so that conversation, I think, that really inspires us, too. Because uh, with Teens in Space, it was talking about the touchstones. Like, you know, he mentions poor impulse controls. And, like, uh, when when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a Teens in Space yep. movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not teens, but they all behave like it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Star Wars. So those touchstones help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, I I completely agree. Whenever I think of like for example, Amblin Entertainment, the TTRPG, <laughs> or like Harry Potter, the TTRPG, like you can see very clear parallels to where it's like even if it's not a direct reproduction, you can see the influence of the various touchstones, and I think it creates a sense of familiarity uh, mm-hmm. if you're just coming into it. Even if it's like your first TTRPG, if you're familiar with those properties, then you have an immediate understanding of what the game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on some level. it's also really good as well because like it's kind of it's promotes accessibility because like it once you know one of them if you've played kids on bikes then you're going to be able to just jump onto kids on brooms and it's nice to be able to like have that that know that there are completely different worlds that you'll be able to play in it's really good Mm -hmm. it's really cool Mm -hmm. now uh most recently uh, because i i knew about kids on brooms because of dimension 20s season uh misfits and magic but they also just did a kids on bikes season like a a hacked version of the game uh with mentopolis i was curious because i i understand that both of you helped consult on that season what were some of the changes that you made to the system uh in order for that for in order for it to fit not in a small town with a bunch of kids but inside of a person with a bunch of adult uh <laughs> aspects of the person's brain mm-hmm. yeah i so i haven't had the chance to watch it yet so i'm not sure what they implemented um from you know we we sent them a, mm-hmm. a bunch of ideas there was even one thing where we said like we can't decide if this is a better idea or this is a better idea to do the sort of investigation puzzle solving thing that you want included here so here are two ideas use whichever one you want or don't like 
It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, We, one of the main things though, was revising the, uh, the tropes to be focused on these sort of like film noir tropes, right? Like the femme fatale or the, you know, the, the brutal nightclub owner or, um, and they had a, a really strong vision of, you know, this connecting to the different parts of the psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, it was a lot of fun to work on. Um, we also made up a bunch of new strengths, um, things that were more like moves from, um, from the, the apocalypse world games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm but still using, you know, uh, uh, adversity tokens to, to activate. Um, and then something that, again, I don't know if they implemented, um, mm-hmm. uh, I forget, what do we call it? A crisis? I think so. Where if the, the parts of the psyche can't agree, it causes a crisis, which causes things to go haywire. Um, and I think our suggestion was that could even like, if they wanted to kick out to the, the real world, right. Um, mm-hmm. this could spark that. Um, okay. So I don't know how much they, how much they ran with. I don't know what was going to work for what they were going for, but, um, I think that was yeah. the main stuff. John, was there anything else? No, I think that's the majority of it. Okay. Hmm. That's really hmm. interesting. Cause like maybe you could even, uh, going forward with different, like, um, different RPGs that you make, you could like implement some of those ideas because they mm-hmm. sound really, really cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like kids in trench coats or something. <laughs> yeah. We had never <laughs> thought of noir as a perspective thing for it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like I mean, Brick, there are so many. Basically. Have you ever seen the, have you ever seen the movie Brick? Mm-mm. No. Um, Ryan Johnson's first movie before he ever made Looper mm-hmm. uh, was, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's a high school noir movie called Brick Ooh. with like very, arcane 1940s style dialogue like gumshoe dialogue um there's he's got like all the tropes of like the bad guy with some strange physical feature you have like the sinister uh the sinister goons you have like the femme fatale but all of that in a high school setting uh i highly recommend it oh wait no i I think i have seen bits of this yeah yeah, yeah. i love ryan johnson so yeah. yeah, you should check it out. It's his first movie. Yeah. I think he wrote and directed it. It's good. Nice. The other thing I wanted to touch on is you mentioned it earlier, Doug. Kids in capes. Uh, yeah. The development process for this. I understand you. I didn't get. To, I wish I'd seen this now. But you live streamed the development on the, Twitch. The initial stages of development. Yeah. Um, okay. What was that was like? That? Yeah. Like weekly for like what eight eight weeks? I think. Six weeks? Yeah, six or eight. I forget which exactly. Um, yeah, basically for a summer, we got together um, and yeah, live streamed our our process there. And you know, that's not enough time to finish it. Um, mm. And it's it's enough time to get the ideas out there that sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and then as we started, uh, you know, sort of putting pen to paper and pulling it all together, a, a lot of that stuff didn't mesh, or other stuff meshed better. But yeah, it was really, really interesting. What was the thought process behind it? Like, was it to get kind of like live feedback about what you were doing? Or was it just, what do you think? It was, it was, I mean, part of it was to share with the community what we were doing and, you know, let them see, because, you know, there's a lot of people that come up and ask us, like, how do I design an RPG? Or I want to Mm. design an RPG, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So we, we saw it as a chance to like, you know, show, show our work a little bit and let people see, 
you know, like how how ridiculous it is when you design an RPG mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how it's all about just, you know, throwing out horrible ideas over and over again until something's good. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Cause it's like seeing that behind the scenes process, I bet is really interesting. Is Are those videos like still up or, or is it just the in the ether now? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think we streamed it via YouTube, correct? I think uh... on the hunters channel. I don't remember exactly. Uh, on the, on the, the, on the hunters website, the announcement says that it's on Twitch but okay. it may have also been put on YouTube. Yeah, Hunters Gathering, Kids in Capes, live development. Uh, I Really quickly, can you give us an idea of like how you're approaching, because obviously mm-hmm. in Kids on Bikes you have the tropes, uh, and other, are you using that for like superhero archetypes, essentially? Like, oh, you're, you're Spider-Man equivalent, or you're like your street-level hero, what are the, yeah, that sort of thing. You're a super-powered orphan, paragon who can, the Batman. flying brick type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... We, and this is another thing that I think sets this apart from the other ones I know about. Um, I'm sure there are games out there that do this, but um, you start the game without your powers, typically, right? Oh, um, okay. So you begin oh, with a trope already, right? So it, some of them are similar, some of them are very different that lean more into the like, you know, not from this world, you know, or like escaped experiment is one of them. Um, but who are you as a person before you get your powers? Um, mm-hmm. And then there's uh, a, a tech tree um, where you choose your power and your cape and you sort of mix those mm-hmm. together. Or Sorry, your cape and your role on the team. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and your cape is your power uh, and your... I think maybe I'm getting this backwards now. Correct. Uh, anyway, correct. Okay. Uh, so, you know, every, uh, and this is something that Nick Sauer, who is one of the designers on that, um, was big on it. I think it's a great idea that you can have the same power, right? You could have fire powers, mm-hmm. but take different roles on the team. You could be the marksman, right? Mm-hmm. You could be the, you know, the tank who just sets himself on fire and runs in there swinging. Cool. You could be the one who manipulates fire to like manipulate people on the battlefield and like put a, a wall of flame there to keep them over there to protect this person while they do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you merge those two together to create who your character is growing into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually work towards a capstone power that you design with the GM that really merges those two that represents your character fully embracing, fully understanding their role on the team and their powers in a way that brings mm-hmm. them together so that now you are yeah. fire fist. That's... Now you are <laughs> flamethrower, right? Now you are. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I, the arc of the like... first superhero movie, essentially right. like the yeah. arc of like into the spider verse, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's, it's nice being able to go into um, like a game uh, like, cause in D and D you know where you're going to end up, but like, it sounds like with this, it's like it, it can like move and change as you play. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I can't wait to play this. Uh, <laughs> you also mentioned kids on kids in mechs. Is that just a joke or like? Because I was like, oh, so Evangelion the the, the TTRPG sounds good. Uh, is are there? 
Are there any ideas? Are there any, is, I don't know. Is, have you considered possibly doing that one? We've talked about it a lot. And we, <laughs> I think we're the only two people that want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was a third. It could be Zord. You know, it could be Power Rangers. It could be yeah. Uh, yeah. Voltron. What was the, yeah, Voltron. Oh, Voltron. Like, yes, I love Voltron. Oh, my gosh. Like, we have all those touchstones that we love, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just there wasn't the support for it from everyone. I, we may do it at some point, but I mean, we've got a group right here. This is this four pe- people who want to play. <laughs> Let's design it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Run it for yeah. Design it for us. We'll play it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'll, heck, I'll do a whole series. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you so much for your time. We do. We have one last tradition that we do on the show, which is to ask you both for a, a tale from the table, which is like a a significant. Uh, could be funny. Could be tragic. Could be epic. A memorable time that you have had playing TTRPGs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whichever one of you wants to go first. Because has got an idea. Doug went steep in thought. I think I think for me, I'll tell it was a it was probably a, it was more of a bad experience than a good experience, but it really okay. set my direction. It, it was the last time that I played Dungeons and Dragons, and it was third Ooh. edition. And my group would meet up at like eleven AM and usually play until like eleven PM or so, you know, like once a month. Um and we sat there while one player went through like 25 books of wizard reference material probably for an hour and a half trying to find the specific thing you wanted to do and uh, the entire day was one combat and that player referencing the books and i was like this this isn't for me like yeah i was like i'm never going to design anything like this or Mm -hmm. play anything like this ever again yeah yeah, I mean that's interesting because we don't normally get many like bad tales from the table. It's it's it's, it's really interesting to hear like uh, that probably like informed how, how you went forward as well. A hundred percent, yeah. In yeah. in what I played and what I designed, and you know, it, I loved the time with my friends. I loved hanging out, but like I I was discovering that the day the the times that we met up and then somebody canceled at the last minute and we just played mm-hmm. something else mm-hmm. was more fun than the actual D and D sessions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a it's quite an indictment uh, of, of, of the sessions themselves. Uh, Doug, do you have one? I do. I have a, I have so many. That's what I was deep in thought about, um, and I was trying to decide okay. if I want to do a, a good one or a bad one. But I'll do a good one. Um, okay. Balance it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, having come from uh, playing games with my younger brother and, and thus being very competitive about them, um, you know, like. I spent a lot of time trying to win D and D right. Uh, mm-hmm. when I was playing second edition and then I jumped right to fifth when I got back in, but, um, I, I I'm still not like a play to lose player in D and D I am in fiasco because how else do you mm-hmm. play fiasco? But, <laughs> yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> um, I, I was still struggling with like, well, when my character isn't successful, it feels bad until, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Ben was running a game and we'd been playing for five years at that point. We ran for, we ran for seven years. Um, and our, our character, there were three of us playing. Our characters were unbelievably powerful, you know, at the point where we were well known around and we went back to a town where we kind of messed up the last time we were here a long time ago. Um, and like, we didn't like, you know, massacre the town or anything, but like we didn't do a great job. Mm-hmm. So we walk in to this bar and with the intent of we want to like talk to the people and let them know like we're on our like my character's on his redemption arc. He had been 
kind of evil leaning and he'd gotten good. Mm -hmm. He'd had a like uh, religious experience with Obad High, like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So we walk into the to the tavern and I'm like, all right, I want to convince them how great we are. I want to buy them a round of drinks and Mm -hmm. tell them that we're we're glad to be here. And Ben was like, it sounds like a persuasion role to me. I was like, it's exactly what I was thinking. All right. So I and so his thing is you you do what you're going to do, then you roll and find out what the reaction is, right? Yeah. So I go through the whole thing, greeting them, you know, like grandiosely. That's that's a one. Natural one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they all look at you and you're the guy who came in here and now he's throwing his money around <laughs> and <laughs> thinks he's better than everybody just because like he did oh, the king yeah. a favor one time. And I'm like, yep, yep, okay, all right. <laughs> And the, and the ranger says, I got this. I explained to them how we, uh, you know, we've grown as people and we're sorry for what happened before. Uh, and you know, this whole thing, he goes, uh, okay, you gotta be kidding. (laughs) It's a one. Oh no. And he goes, Oh no. They don't believe a word you say. Like they're like these guys who are going to come in and tell us this bullshit. And they're they're getting angry. Um, An angry mob is going to form. I was going to say, right? We don't. <laughs> uh, you don't need a perception check to know. You got to. You should probably walk out of here. Mm-hmm. And my friend Jack goes, "Well, I haven't gone yet." And we're like, <gasps> "Jack, don't, bud, mm. <laughs> do it, Jack, do it." <laughs> and, and he's like, he's he's a monk, and he says, "You know, uh, I want to tell them about religious redemption." And I want to tell them the story of how through the, the power of Obad High and the power of Yandala, we've become, we're like, Jack, don't do it. Jesus, we're going to have to like knock out a bar full of people. <laughs> like, I'm like, we can do non-lethal combat, right, Ben? He's like, well, let's see if it gets to that. Ooh. 20. Oh, and, nice. And he's like, yeah, they, they still don't like you, mm. but they drink what you gave them. <laughs> and you leave without throwing any punches. And it was like just a great moment of it. Like it was fun to roll those ones. And so I finally got like, it isn't about, I want this thing to happen. So that's the way it'll be fun. It's my character wants this thing to happen. It'll be fun if it works and it'll be fun if it doesn't. So that was like a real like light bulb moment for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. How about you? So cool. How about you two? Yeah. So before I was on the show, I was actually like interviewed on the show. So I gave I gave a few little tales from the table, a few a few of them. But um, I believe as a as a quick recap, one was like um about the same character. She had found out that her sister had purportedly passed away. She hadn't actually, but it was like an amazing like role playing opportunity, and like me and my friends came together, and it was like lovely to see them come together for my frankly very annoying character. And the same character, who's a water ganassi, uh, failed a constitution check so hard when she was knocking back like a drink. It was a it was def- it was a crit fail as as well. Um, oh, no. That she projectile vomited, and then because she's a water ganassi, she caught it in midair with her shape water, <laughs> um, and then just very gently put it out the window. Like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna head over. Yeah, 
Jeremy, what about you? <laughs> um, I have one from playing Teens in Space. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I was playing um, I was playing a squillion. He was the captain of the ship. His name is Captain Cinnabar Sunray. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was an absolute loose cannon. His whole idea, I, I sort of subverted the squillion thing, which the backstory of the squillions, for those of you who don't know, is mm-hmm. that they used to be used basically as feeders for a group of people, like a species called the Maw. And mm-hmm. they at some point, I think the Maw disappeared. And there's rumors that they may or may not still be out there but they, they most people think they're uh at least in our game there were uh but i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like they're, they're thought to be extinct but still the like the squillions have like a fear of being like there's a there's an automatic like um reflex to be afraid of stuff mm-hmm. and m- my character had been raised to be by his father to be uh, his mindset was never be the prey always be the predator so he like <laughs> over he, he turned that fight or flight response into just fight uh and so if it looked like things were going to kick off the, the pistol the laser pistol comes out immediately and uh, it's the danny devito always sunny meme so anyway yeah. i start blasting every time um and as i said the the crew started actively planning a mutiny uh and i ended up becoming co-captain i had to i had to relinquish <laughs> my captaincy and become co-captain with another one of the another mm. one of the players uh and by the end as it turns out um our ship was sentient and we had a, we as we as we uh progressed our ship uh gained the power of speech and i ended up I forget exactly how. I don't think we ever explicitly said how, but <laughs> our ship would bud. It started to bud, like, and create little baby ships. And oh. it was not really an implication. It was just sort of stated that I was accidentally the father of some of those buds. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it is teens in space, folks. It's teens in space. Uh, and so oh, I had accidentally oh, fathered a number of the buds <laughs> and ended up with a girlfriend who was the ship. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I had actually become a much more mature person I love uh, through this relationship because now I had responsibility to care for my little buds as well as like live up to my partner. <laughs> so... Uh, wasn't that I, I, an episode of Futurama, Jeremy? Jeremy, I've <laughs> never watched Futurama, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, oh I, you should. Doug, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, From yeah, what I've heard, that is pretty similar. Yeah, I'll yeah. check it out. <laughs> that, but, that, yeah, was, that, is... that was almost the story that I told is the creation of that species. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was, uh, we were playtesting that at Metatopia. Metatopia, yeah. And um, somebody misheard the description of the alien. And I don't remember what we said, but they thought that we said that they were a source of food. And we're like, that's oh. amazing. And then we Ooh. had them like redesign or make an alien race that was the the source of food for another one and like gifted their sheddings to other people because mm-hmm. they were delicious. We're like, yeah. this is so good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. There was a running joke that I kept feeding my molts to the crew without them knowing. Like I'd <laughs> oh. slip it into other food and be like, I just grind, grind it up like I want to share myself with you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Do you have anything you'd like to plug before we close things out? No, no. I, I was, I was thinking. I don't think I have anything that's like really at like new at market right now. Um, coming, coming soon though. Uh, Home, which is a game about surviving the night in a haunted house. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. What? Um, oh my god. And uh, second edition, kids on bikes. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. 
Anything for you, John? Uh, yeah. Uh, Collab is a board game that mm-hmm. I designed about being down on your luck, mad scientist who can't afford their own uh, laboratory. So they have a co-working oh, space. Wow. So that's why it's called yes. Collab. Um, and oh, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and and it, it's a collaborative board game. Uh, it's still oh, competitive, yeah. but what you do benefits everybody else. Um, and I did development on the Hello Kitty game that's on Kickstarter right now. So I did a lot of work on that. So if anybody's interested in Hello no Kitty, way. please check that out. Oh my gosh. My friend Maddie is going to lose her mind. She's <clears throat> so into Hello Kitty. Oh my gosh. I got it. I got it. It's, it's a pretty fun <laughs> game. It's clever. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, John and Doug, thank you so much. We would love thank to have you, so you back in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let us Anytime. know if you, you do that mech game. Cause like, yeah. yo, like I'm so down. <laughs> let, let us know if you two want to design it with us. Cause that yeah. would be the, the impetus we needed. <laughs> yes yeah absolutely is the answer absolutely oh cool. live do you have anything you'd like to plug oh my goodness uh well uh <laughs> jeremy you know you well so in one of our um jamal's inner circle hangouts uh, mm. on the discord i was very recently called out for the fact that on blue sky i am live kennedy and <laughs> and in everywhere else i'm at does dark magic but Still, that is the case. Was it <laughs> Kennedy? Maybe. Yes. Um, anyway, mostly at Does Dark Magic in different places. Uh, YouTube, uh, wait, twitch.tv forward slash Olivia Does Dark Magic. And also I'm on YouTube. I'm, um, once again, Olivia Does Dark Magic. I've uploaded like two videos recently. It's wild. Like, yeah, two, two I think them. I've watched them both. Because oh, uh, you watched the, you uploaded the Glee one yeah, recently. Yeah. yeah and then mm-hmm. you, I remember you uploading another one. I think I watched that one too. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Jeremy. No, yeah, yeah it's, it's been very fun. And I'm going to work on getting another one up there soon. It's been really nice. Uh, like, yeah, it was really exciting. Um, but also, yeah, I'm over on uh, youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker for all of that fun tabletop goodness. And also we're on youtube.com forward slash three black halflings. You can subscribe to us if you would like. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, uh, you can. Uh, that was excellent. Olivia. That was oh, fantastic. Wow. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. At Jeremy Cobb one Cobb with two B's the number one. Same on Blue Sky. Uh, maybe I'll be posting there more. Who well knows? done, Jeremy. Thank you. Well done there's, on the synergy. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. Uh, look, it helps that there's only one Jeremy Cobb one. I'm not sure. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem like that unusual of a name, but uh, <laughs> apparently there's been only one Jeremy. There's two Jeremy Cobbs. One okay. is Jeremy Cobb. The other is Jeremy Cobb one. And that's me in both cases. Um, <laughs> so there's also Instagram where I am the Cobbmeister. Uh, oh, yeah. And you can follow me on, uh, on the Quantum Reactor. It's a, mm-hmm. is a sci-fi TTRPG review podcast i've also been uh appearing now and again on dungeon masters block recently <gasps> with friend of the show uh neil that we've had him on and i think we were on i've been on dungeon masters block twice and interviewed a few black halflings was on there a while ago yeah go check out dm block it's yeah, a good show nice. if you oh. like if you Oh, yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, Jeremy, you finish, and then I want to jump in with the thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if it's really possible to sign up with me at D3C anymore, because I think my table is full, but you know what? Go and check. See if you can, because uh, it's coming up at the end of this, at the end of uh, October. It's going to be great. It's going to be a blast playing a new Tarum. I'm also doing a Paradox Perfect one shot. So go, yeah. go sign up and play to me. Play to me. Play with me there. Uh, <laughs> and then also, Project Marana on the Roll for It's Twitch channel uh, was a, a Call of Cthulhu game. Game where I play a sad, uh, a sad forty-nine-year-old gay hockey oh. coach. Uh, <laughs> good wait a times. minute, hang on. Once again, I'm just like, wait, moral oral. Wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched moral oral. Oh my god, you can, you just... <laughs> it's wild because I'm a fan of Dino, Dino Stamatopoulos. I love yeah. Starburns on mm. uh, on Community. Uh, yes. I love um, uh, Anomalisa. 
which mm-hmm. is Starburst Productions made. Yeah, yeah, like I've never watched Moral Oral. It's wild. I mean, it's uh, I mean, highly recommend. Uh, well, watching it, but then also there's some really cool video essays on YouTube. I oh, I love me a good video essay. Um, mm. but yes, what I wanted to say is you reminded me with all of your good plugs, uh, Jeremy, is that I'm going to be um recording. Well, actually, we're going to be going live on Monday. <gasps> the second uh, of october i know which it might that's not in be two days uh, that's in two days so it's probably this episode's probably not, not gonna be out by then but you should go back and watch it like uh you should go back and watch it on uh rp geeks's channel Yay. uh with, with the wonderful shamani bandel who's been who was uh in curse of the spider queen with us um mm-hmm. so we're, we're going to be playing um we're going to be playing the Jane Austen RPG, um, yes. but it's 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 uh, there's an actual name for it that I will I will figure out. However, um, it's called universally acknowledged. So basically, it's like uh, Jane Austen um, kind of vibes, but it's going to be set in space because it's 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 RP geeks, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's going to be really A really space fun. regency. Space game. Regency, exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you should. Uh, uh, oh, Good Society. Uh, it's called Good Society. Is, is oh, okay. the RPG we're going to be playing, um, and it's going to be really fun. And you should uh, check out RP Geeks because we're going to be doing uh, two episodes, and then the the second one will be on the the aha Monday the ninth haha at seven thirty. The next two Mondays then. The next two Mondays. That's yeah. it. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I'm not used to being on things. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, there, there's actually there's a storied history of three black halflings uh, collaborating with RP Geeks at this point. Yeah, because you you will have been on there. <laughs> I DM'd a game for them. Yes, uh, yeah. was sort of a um uh um what's the name of the movie? Uh, I cannot remember the name Blade of the movie. Runner? I don't no, know. No, not Blade Runner. Uh, it's um, it's in that vein. It's cyberpunk. Stars Bruce oh, okay. Willis. Stars Mila Jovovich. Um, it's oh no, I know, I know, I know. The Fifth one. Element. That's what it is. Ah. Uh, the Fifth Element. It was a Fifth Element inspired uh, one shot with also elements of other British, uh, famous British sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that was a blast. I know Jasper's been on there. Uh, yeah, go 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 to their website or yeah. go to the, go to the YouTube page. Just like look up our names and see if you yeah. can find rpgeeks.co.uk. They, they're also yeah. you know good folks and you should check them out so yeah yeah Yeah. they were a blast to play with for sure yes um oh and one last thing i'm gonna be running a charity i'm gonna be in a bunch of charity (gasps) games on i believe let me look let me just make sure i got the dates right here Mm -hmm. um we're so good with dates and we know where we are we know what's happening all the time yes uh i believe october 14th and 15th are the two days uh maybe the 13th 14th and 15th but uh i'm gonna be in a pile of games with tabletop titties uh they're working with salal (laughs) sexual violence uh support center uh they they're a great organization i've done one shots with them before i'm gonna be playing in a bunch of games across the 14th and 15th and then i'm going to be gming uh and by that i mean game mothering uh, an alien rpg one shot i think it's the last game on on sunday the 15th so if you ever want to see me run a just straight up space horror game uh go check that out yeah it's got it's got a great cast too i believe uh lexi black girl mage is going to be in it i believe kate uh uh uh, osborne katie osaurus is going to be in it Mm -hmm. uh members of the tabletop titties group are going to be in it tabletop titties uh, of course char and kelly both who were on big trouble in little manus Mm -hmm. dare hickman who was on uh um oh what's the name transplaner <laughs> i can't yes, remember Trans- the name of trans yeah. like one of our closest friend shows yeah <laughs> uh and i've actually i actually played with all three of them in the teens in space game which will oh, presumably damn. be released at some point 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. In fact, it was Dare and Kelly who were leading the charge to, <laughs> to, to mutiny. <laughs> and it oh was Char's character who became my co-captain, co-captain Winona. Uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Anyway, Good enough stuff. plugs. Uh <laughs> Thank you all We're doing listening. some stuff, gang. We would just want to share it with you. We got a plug for Jasper, too. Go yes, check out. Yes. You know what? Ah. Yeah, he's not here right now. Go check out uh, Burrow's End. Uh, Burrow's Dimension End, Because yeah, yeah. I think that'll probably be airing by the time this comes out, which he's on Dimension 20. My he's goodness. On, our boy's on Dimension 20. Can yeah, you yeah. believe? Can uh, you believe it? Go I check can. out Rotating Heroes podcast. Yes. I believe they're going to be releasing a backlog of episodes first, but then... Jasper's gonna be the new DM. Jasper's jamming it. It's so exciting. What? what oh, we're not surprised. You shouldn't be either. It's yeah, look, mm. it's good stuff happening. Yeah, good it's gonna be around. awesome. It's gonna be yeah. sick. Uh, and who knows? Maybe down the line, uh, some of those rotating heroes may be halflings. <gasps> who I could not possibly say. I mean, I really. Oh. That sounds like I'm like ooh, but no, I don't. I don't know. I have no info. So you know. <laughs> yes, uh, I may or may not have time. a tiny bit of info, but. Uh, <gasps> We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think have <laughs> we run out of things to plug, Liv? Have we have we covered? Oh, uh, you know, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Never, never ending. Never All ending. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of never ending, actually, uh, Anansi's Tapestry of Tales. Uh, never ending is the name of the the <laughs> publisher. Uh, I wrote two NPCs in that. So when oh, that comes fun. out, go check it out. Yeah, I wrote one of right. them is a black halfling. In fact, hell uh, yeah. Yeah, I wrote a black halfling and a black dwarf. So they're both short. Short black people. Yeah, um, beautiful to see it. Yeah, go check it out. All right. Anyway, with that, <laughs> so long, Shiro. So long. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked by you ending it. I was just like. Oh. That was a HeadGum Podcast.